On today's episode of Brody and the Beard, Kelly and I are going to talk to Justin Allen about his training with James Harden. We're going to get into what the NBA might look like when it comes back. In a world of uncertainty, one thing's for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will be hosting a trailblazing event, big virtual climb sponsored by Abvi to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps, inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill. Climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. If the offense is triangular, it's something like a prism. Put you on that lockdown defense like a prison. Triple double rust, man. I need you to acknowledge he don't do this for the optics, man. He do this for the rockets. Opponents want the smoke, they in his pockets. Don't you get him started? He a monster, he a lockness. And James Harden, that's the beer gang. Every time he dribble, his opponents feeling fear, man. It's Brody and the beard, don't be a victim. The legends in the flesh to the show you are a witness. Gather round, come and hear the word just like a Christian. I'm urging you to listen, it's the Kelly ecosystem. Welcome to a new episode of Brody and the Beard on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mo DeKeel, and with me as always is our man on the ground, our beat writer, constantly grinding, riding bikes, wearing helmets, doesn't matter that he looks like a (laughs) dork. He's our swag champ, Kelly Eco. Kelly, how you doing? What's going on, man? We're getting closer to the days. NBA's coming it, back. You get, you're getting a little more and more excited, and uh, I just enjoy making fun of you and your helmet. I think this is going to be a weekly segment. I'm losing, I'm losing mad weight now. Good, good, man, good. And and that's good that you. First off, I also think you're kind of kissing up a little bit to our guest. It's, a, have, beautiful, it's a beautiful segue. <laughs> perfect segue. With us today is Justin Allen, Nike sponsored trainer. Owner of the All In Gym Sports Facility, Justin. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me today. Oh man, I'm I'm excited to have you. I think it's very important. I, I should have mentioned this when I introduced you. You're working with James Harden during the quarantine and 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 helping to kind of keep him going. Kelly wrote an awesome piece about everything you guys are doing. So, man, Kelly, take it away, dude. Yeah, so for anyone who hasn't checked out the store on The Athletic, it's up there. It's a great store with Justin and, and Christian Polk. But for you, Justin, I want to know, has your phone rang more since Friday after the story went out, or has it been about the same? Uh, It's been about the same. It's been pretty persistent. But, I mean, James Harden obviously helps. I get, I've been getting a lot more walk-ins, though. And, and for, for those that, that don't know, you know, James Harden is a guy who everyone knows is staying in shape. But how did how did the two of you meet? I think people want to know how the two of you came in contact initially. Uh, he actually reached out. Uh, we had a mutual friend. I have been training a lot of uh, athletes that we're mutual friends with. She had inquired about me and we ended up linking up and making it happen. You talking to him for the first time. How was the tone of the message? Like, it was excited or he looking for a new way to train? Or how was that first conversation with James like? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was definitely exciting. I'm actually a Rockets fan. and uh, oh. actually happy to be a James Harden fan, so... It was definitely it was, it was exciting. It was exciting. I don't get too excited, man. My brother's Dwayne Allen played nine in the Super Bowl, so I don't get too starstruck. But 
it was it was, it was pretty exciting when, when James Harden reached out. Let me ask you this question, Justin. When you're on the phone with 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 James the first time, are you thinking in your head like, "Oh my, like, <laughs> like, like all right, I got to keep it cool, keep it cool." Yeah, what's up? Or is it like? <laughs> no, nah, I feel like I feel like as a former athlete, I'm I'm not so much of a when I say fan, I'm not so much of a fan. I just I I, I enjoy people who are rewarded for their hard work, and uh, James Harden works hard, and it, and you can tell by the I mean he's the MVP. So it, it was more of a like a, a compliment to to the work that I have put in to wanting to be one of the best trainers, one of the best well-rounded trainers. And adding basketball to that piece was important. A lot of people don't even know that I played basketball in college or high school. I didn't play football until I got to college. How how much of an adjustment was it though working from? I'm assuming your 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 cast is mostly like football players, is mostly your clientele. How much of an adjustment was it once you were getting into basketball and kind of? Developing, I mean, it's a whole different set of skills, different set of requirements, and and and, and movements. How, how much of an adjustment was that for you as a trainer to to figure all that out? It, it wasn't too much of an adjustment. Like I said, I played basketball my whole life until I got to college. So, I mean, I learned it all. And then when I went to college, my first year and a half of college, I played basketball as well. And it's just like anything, muscle memory. Just remembering a lot of things that I did when I when I did play. And I had all, I had already started working with uh, some basketball players, so. The basketball side of my brain was kind of waking up. So by the time James came, I was ready. How was the experience kind of growing up in a house with Dwayne Allen? Obviously, he has a strong athletic background, but how did you kind of blaze your own trail? Oh, that was the reason to me playing basketball. He was also a basketball player, but he was basically number one, number two in the world at tight end. So there, I, there was no competition with that. I wanted to make a name for myself. That's why I switched to basketball. I always knew I was a football player, but... It was, it, basketball was a challenge, and I fell in love with it. I don't think there's a better individual. Well, you got to have individual skills in basketball. Football, you can hide talent. Basketball, you can't. And, and with James, you know, everyone knows he's a pretty methodical guy. He does things his own way. But how did you guys come up with the, a good plan, you know, for the Houston workouts and also in Phoenix? How, how did that come together? Man, he was, he was going to Phoenix. Cause, you know, the city of Houston was shut down. Phoenix, he played ball out there. So he wanted to go out there and, and have a little, a little more heat. Um, the car, the conditioning is, is important to him right now. So we went out there and, and that's really been working on footwork conditioning and making sure he's, he's, his legs are endurance. So when the, when the fourth quarter comes, it's, it's like being in the first. Have you seen other athletes also kind of look for the same thing, you know, endurance, footwork, conditioning during this time? Or is, or is James's kind of particular? Uh, James, he was actually the first back. Well, actually, um, Jared Vanderbilt was my first NBA guy. And uh, James Harden reached out maybe like two weeks, two or three weeks after I started working with Jared. But so Jared was the first that inquired about it that, at the pro level. And then when James did it, I, I mean, I've been getting a lot of guys that, that have been reaching out to do it. I think that, I don't know if you guys, if you guys play basketball or football, but most football players are the most athletic guys in the gym. Like when you're doing a pickup high right. school ball or college. So my, my philosophy is train a basketball player like a football player. So, we do a lot of the footwork drills and, and a lot of explosive lifts like football players do because uh, we want to develop those white fiber muscles, those white fibers, so that the muscle endurance, the leg endurance, and the quick twitch is able to last longer and he can withstand uh, moving at that speed and quickness, having that quick twitch longer throughout the game. So that's that's what I've been using for James. Uh, he's already James Harden, man. Like, he's got the right. step back, <laughs> one of the greatest scorers in the game. So it's just fine-tuning the little things and, and – just taking him back to the basics, man, and then adding the football training to it as well. 
So we'll see how we'll see how it transitions. He told me this week that his legs felt probably the best they had felt in a while. Wow. That's good news for Rocket fans. That's something we we're we're gonna need going into the uh playoffs, whatever it's gonna end up looking like. Don't his his correct words were he said, Man, I feel good. He said I had more endurance in my legs. My legs felt well endurance. So when he was running pickup games, he was able to he said he, he said, Bro, getting tired. So I mean that's huge. That's exactly what I'm working on. That's exactly what I want to work on. So to hear him say to hear him say that, it shows that uh, he was doing his work. And then, so when you when you first got him in this in, in in this instance during quarantine, or let me ask you this question before we do that: like, how much are you doing with him during the season, or, or if you're working with him at all? Or I mean, this is our first month. Uh, what is it? Gotcha. I think it's been a month now. Uh, right. So, but I look forward to working with him during the season as well. Uh, things won't change. Things won't change. It's the same thing. Football players stay sharp. They keep doing the same footwork drills. You don't do them. You don't do them for hours. You just cut up on them. So we just probably do maybe a. 15, 20, maybe 30 minute exercise, two or three times a week just to stay sharp, muscle memory, things of that. So that's all you do is you, you just you just cut down the time of what you're doing so you don't run the body down. And so you obviously already knew who he was. You knew his game because you were a fan and everything like that. What was kind of the process of you getting familiar with his body, though, in terms of like his movements and, and the adjustments? Because that takes time, too. It's not something that you're just going to you can even pick up easily on film, right? Like you need to be able to see him in, in the gym for a little bit before you start going like, okay, we need to start working on this or, or focus on this area. What were some of those? How did you go about that? Exactly. So I have a, I evaluate each athlete that comes in and I put them through a body control um, drill that I use. And from there, it just shows me what each athlete needs to work on. And James Harden, he's already James Harden skill set wise. So it was, it was just simple for me, keeping it basic, keeping it simple. And you can just see the the improvements from the foot quickness, foot, foot quickness, body control, foot placement, and, and things of that such. And and little under a month, I looked at, I went back and looked at the video from day one, and looked at the video from week three, and it was right. it was night and day. Wow! So it's just like I said, it's just taking James Harden back to the basics. And a lot of a lot of basketball guys have never did the type of footwork footwork that we do. Um, it, it is uncomfortable and it is unorthodox, but it it, it puts the body. In, in positions that it's going to be in a game. So what I like to do is put you in uncomfortable positions. So when you get in a game, you're prepared for an uncomfortable position. And your hips, your feet, they just flow. It's not like you're, you're getting into a position, you're like stuck and don't know how to move or maneuver right. out of it or get out of that tight space. So that's all it is. And, and, and how intense really are those the workouts in the sand? And what are the good things about different terrains? The grass, the sand, the hill, the mountain. Why is it good to get different terrains in the course of a workout regimen? Every surface is different. The sand adds a different resistance. This, I think the sand is one of the best. You can get you can get through speed work. It, it's act, it's resistance, and it's also it's, it's also not bad on your your knees, your joints, and stuff like that. So yes, that's probably the one that gets you tired the most. Um, but it also builds the, the endurance, the leg strength, and works those uh, white fibers that we're trying to uh, attack. How was the experience in, in Phoenix? You know, you spent the week. But just how was it for you personally, like getting to be around James and the people he's close to his camp? How was that for you? I mean, to me, it was, it was another day on the job. I love what I do. Like I said, I'm, right. I've been around the game a long time, man. I mean, being a former athlete, I'm not a couch fan. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan from a trainer position. I like the underdogs and I, I like the guys who work to, to be rewarded for their work, just like I said. But it was an opportunity to pat myself on the back. Um, knowing that I was moving in the right direction, 
Uh, sure. Who wouldn't want to work with, with with the MVP of the league? And I hope hope to do it for many years to come. But it was an amazing experience to be able to have my my number called and to be able to work with with uh, thirteen. How much does trash was talked uh, amongst you guys? You know, like during the workouts or whatever. We have our we have our moments. We have our moments, man. <laughs> uh, it depends on what what topic we're on, but we have our moments, man. He's a he's a competitor. He he loves to compete. He actually learned a lot from him. Uh, one thing I do as a trainer, I like to take from take something from each athlete. I'm not just teaching them; they're in the game. I'm not playing the games anymore. So, uh, in between those lines or stripes or whatever sport they may be playing, I like to learn from them. And the knowledge and the way they're thinking, the way they move, uh, what they think about it in this situation, I want to know it. So, as a, as I'm training, I can help the next man, or I can um, enhance what we're doing, take it to another whole another level. So, I, I learn a lot from James, man. From he, the way he encourages. The guys around him, the way he pushes everybody around him to be better, it, it allows me to take that same thought process, that same effort to the team I have with me at the gym, uh, to challenge them to have those, those moments of, of having fun. Everything doesn't have to be so serious as, as while you're working, but as long right. as you're working hard. You know what I'm saying? But we be dialed in. There, there's no joking when we when we, when we when we dialed in. All the jokes happen when we're, when we're taking a break or when we're finished. You know, just speaking on more of the Phoenix trip, Obviously, you've seen the pictures going around the internet of how his body looks like in great shape. But between the time you spent with him in Houston and Phoenix, how much weight do you think he's lost? If if you could put a number to it, I'm not too sure. He's been putting in the work. He's been putting in the work. He's definitely made a a, a body transformation. Yeah, and he's definitely focused on taking his game to a whole another level. Um, I can tell you, he he always puts in, gets the extra rep in, always pushing the next man to do the same thing. And, and his tempo is, is unbelievable. Like, he wants to be the best. So he's putting in the work to, to work on the things that he felt needed to take him over over that over that hump. Um, I think he's in year 11, and he's not getting any younger. So um, right. he's being mindful of that, and, and he's, he's taking care of his body like a professional should. Now, is that like the next step, kind of thinking of long-term, of how much longer he wants to play? And, and is that something where you're, you're, you're going to begin to look forward into the future beyond this season in terms of, you know, how to keep him at this high of a level for as long as possible? Definitely. Definitely. That's the focus with every athlete I work with. Uh, taking care of your body, being mindful of being a professional while being a professional. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of people think because they make it to that uh, type of performance and MVP level that they can, that they made it. But the thing about James Harden, he doesn't feel like he's made it. He doesn't feel like he's done enough. And so he's doing the, the, the yoga, the stretching, the, the Pilates, the conditioning, the body work, the eating properly. Um, he's doing all those little things to make sure that these next years um, that he's blessed to be able to play can be some of his best. You know, as you age, you start to lose a step, so he's working on his quickness. He uh, dropped, dropped the weight so he can stay in shape, so he can have more endurance, have his legs up on him and play longer. Have that burst, have that quick step, and... and, and Getting standing in the weight room, stay strong. Everybody knows he's he's a, he's one of those bigger guards that that able that's able to take contact. Even though he's he's dropped the weight, he's still strong. He's naturally strong. It's just in him. So he's definitely taking the right precautions to prepare for the, the later years of his career. Justin, obviously, you know this is your brand. This is your this is your your business. Have you been surprised at how fast it's grown, or did you kind of expect this? You know, coming into this 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 whole world. I'm not even going to lie to you and tell you I I, I I didn't expect it because I prayed for it and I put nice. the work in. 
but how fast it was, how fast it has happened, I can't take credit for that. I can only give give that to God. I didn't imagine training James Harden in year three, so I couldn't say that I just was, hey, I'm gonna be training James Harden in year three. Now I did speak about playing. I did speak about having my own own facility, training the best people in the community, general fitness, and working with some of the best athletes in the world. But like I said, I got to give that credit to the man who who has blessed me with the opportunity to do so. I'm I'm glad you brought up your own facility. Can you talk about it? It's based in Houston. You know, just 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 kind of give us a rundown of what you got in that in in the facility there. And and you know, I know that you don't just work with with pros. You work with high school kids. You work with college kids. You, young kids. Like, talk a little bit about what you're doing with all in sports performance. It's an all purpose facility. Uh, working with general fitness and men and women all over the community that are able to to work out three ways. I do a lot of hit style workouts for women. On the athletic side, I work with every every sport from the age of four all the way up to professional athletes. I'm beginning from the top eighth graders, the top high school guys, the top college guys, and the pros. So um, it's, it's, it's everything I envisioned and wanted to do. Um, long way to go, but it's definitely moving in the right direction. Um, my focus is not just getting the best athlete or getting the biggest big names in the gym because I was an underdog myself. So I like to help guys develop into that into that big name athlete and right. help the big name athletes uh, stay humble and encourage those who are not big name athletes so they can get to that level. Um, so I don't get too caught up on, man, I got James Harden, man, I got Earl Thomas, man, I got Mike Thomas, man, I don't, I don't get too caught up in that. A big part of that was having a blessing to have a brother that was able to play in the National Football League and play with Andrew Luck, play with Tom Brady, and then my experience in college as well. I've always been a humble guy. So me, I like my purpose to be felt. And I feel like my purpose is, is to inspire and to help those all around the world. And so I feel like through all the successes, being able to have. I, I got the biggest challenge for you, though, Justin. Yes, sir. Can you can we send Kelly to you and can you start to turn him into the cycling champ? I think he can finally become. I don't know if you're <laughs> following him on on Instagram or not, but like, you know, he's always posting these his bike, uh, his cycle trips out there and stuff. And I'm trying to push him to be a little bit better. Can I send him to you? Can you start to work with him? We got we got some work. To do. We definitely could put a program together and take his, his talents to the next level. There you go, go, Kelly. (laughs) Tour de France. You went from the athletic, from Brody and the beard to Tour de France. That's that's what I expect. Appreciate you, Justin. Appreciate you. Most definitely. Most definitely. It's all legendaries, man. It's all the same. There you go. Hey, look, look. People, people, people make it too. People think too deep into it, man. But at the end of the day, you got two legs, two arms. There's only so much you can do. Thanks. Well, uh, Justin, I think we've taken a bunch of your time today. We appreciate it. I know Kelly's been bugging you constantly with his story and everything. <laughs> um, but it was, I appreciate it. We, we, we definitely appreciate the insights and everything like that. Uh, man, w- tell the people where they could find you, man, and, and plug your gym again one more time. Most definitely. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Allen underscore 13. My business page, All In Sports Performance. and. Uh, also, find all the details about the gym on my website, www.al-ensportsperformance.com. Perfect. Thank you again, Justin. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Kelly, how important is it to smell good these times? Tell me how you smell good, man. It's important, right? Like, this is during this time in the quarantine, we're all isolating and stuff. We can't let these things slip, right? Nobody want nobody smelling funky around here. So, gotta have you I smell mean, good. it's. It, 
and you're the swag champ, so I'm guessing you know quite a bit about cologne. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of a cologne connoisseur, if I do say so myself. There you go, with another nickname. Well, let me tell you about Hawthorne. Hawthorne smells amazing. Hawthorne cologne is so easy to get. It's the perfect Father's Day present that's coming up. You know, you got to be on top of these things. Kelly, it's so simple. You take a quick two-minute quiz. Hawthorne tells you the two colognes that work perfect for you for play and for work. So you get kind of a little bit of two things there, you know, when you want to look good for the business and, and, okay. and, and handling things. And when, you know, you're looking to have a little bit more fun, you got the nice little play cologne. And, and you I'm know I love that fun. Yes, you do, Kelly. We do know all about that. Uh, and let me tell you, Kelly, it's totally risk-free with free shipping and free return. So even if they send you something that you're not quite feeling, you can send it back with a free return and, and, and start to work it out. And they have other products. It's not just cologne. They have personalized deodorant, shampoo, body wash. I'm telling you, you can't go wrong. I highly recommend checking out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com, Hawthorne.co, and use our promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co, and use ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase, Hawthorne.co. Kelly, we, we talked about this last week, you know, the, the facility beginning to open up, and right. you, you actually had a chance to to talk with your guy, Isaiah Hartstein, about what that whole process is like. Uh, walk us through that a bit. Overall, he said it was it was pretty weird. Just if you look at how people normally practice and, and what they do you know, these days, they, they come through the loading dock. They can't go through the side of the uh, building anymore. You have to go in through the small dock. At the top of the dock, they give you your mask and gloves. Then you park. Then they test you for your temperature temperature check. They do a cardiac screening. After you pass that, you're then allowed to go inside the facility itself. They have all the gear there for you, towels, shoes ready, ready to go. Then you go to the court. Because it's a one-to-one, one player, one basket. So for Isaiah, he had the shooting gun that's pushing out balls as, as he's shooting threes around the court. You do that for about 30 minutes. Then you go to part two to work out, which is, you know, the weight training. Now, normally... These are NBA guys, so they can tend to put on, you know, a lot of weight, like in the weight room. But now there's no spotter. You're by yourself. You have to do stick to lightweights because no one can be around you. You know, it's by yourself. Going back to the the, uh, the shooting a bit, the league sent out a 19-page memo of everything, how teams have to operate from how to clean the ball, how to clean the floor, where players should be, where the staff should be. And they have to follow these rules pretty strictly because. Yeah, if, I mean it's a poor time, right? Like, yeah, because be if, if, if you if you like if you divert from the plan, it could be potentially dangerous for everyone there. So they're pretty very strict guidelines for how to keep everything in check and order. Um, but overall, you said it was pretty weird, just because you can't really do much, and it's a reason why these are voluntary workouts. They're not enforced by teams. It's if you want to come in on your own and get some some work done, but really, it's not really any work done. It's just you kind of just being around. It's your, getting shots up. It's yeah, getting, getting shots, shots up, up and being around the, the facility right. and just stuff like that. It's getting a feel for the the ball a little bit, kind of get outside your your normal routine. This isn't like full workout type right. stuff, right? Like this is, I mean, 
you've seen it after practice. Like there's a big difference between what these guys are doing now, which is just getting shots up and, and in a very limited way, getting lightweights in to just kind of maintain um, to a degree what they have and, and, right. and things like that. It's not like, I don't think anybody should, it, it was funny. You remember how people were talking early on when, when these things like, Oh, these teams are going to have an advantage. I was like, man, I don't, no, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not much of an advantage. It's such anything. a weird, weird environment in this stuff. Now it's different if we're saying this team can have a full practice while this team can only have these workouts. That's a little bit different. You know, it's 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 not that different than just you know guys getting shots up and and right. and, and things like that. It's 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 very. Uh, I wouldn't. I I would just say it's just a matter of just trying to get the guys moving a bit more than anything else, and I think that's. That's a way to to look at it, and, and just so you know, you can get a hell of a workout on the the shooting gun. I, we we used to do things with that all the time, but uh, it is more involved and things like that. So uh, it's great. Check out that story on the athletic. Kelly has it up. You know where he spoke to Isaiah. They broke it down. Everything from temperature checks to entering the building and and, and all of that. So uh, I highly recommend that. But Kelly, there is one other area I want to talk to you about. We have, we're hearing a lot of like different proposals for what might happen and what the NBA might look like when it comes back. It's interesting. The one, the two things I want to focus on is if they go straight to the playoffs. Right. This is this is it. This is where it gets interesting. Are we going? If you're a Rockets fan, do you want to stay Western Conference, Eastern Conference, and keep it separated, or are you looking at it and you're looking at the one sixteen kind of going like, oh, it's a little bit interesting. Yeah, if you're a Rockets fan, you should definitely want this to expand because. The Eastern Conference generally has weaker teams. Obviously, the Milwaukee's and Toronto's of the world, you know, they're up there. They're filled up the 76ers. But if you open up to 116, I think, who will they play? The Jazz? So it's, yeah, so it's so let's put it this way. If if we stay the way it goes now, right. in the first round, they're playing Denver. If okay. they stay, if they get placed 1 through 16, which is something that's being talked about, we don't know if it's going to happen. You know, the, the Rockets would be the 10th seed, and they would play – the Utah Jazz at seven. So, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> w- w- when you look at that matchup, you know, who do you, who, what do you like better? It really comes down to, as a Rockets fan, would you rather go up against Jokic or Gobert, you know, with the small ball lineup? And if I'm a Rockets fan, I would probably stick to Gobert because without Capella, and I was seeing this on sort of the, the, like the breakdown of the stats, what Clint Capella's plus minus on off the court with and without Jokic and He's been a really big thorn in, in, in Jokic's side over the past few years. And without him, you know, he might run riot. But for some reason, Gobert, when it comes to the Rockets, I think it might be schematics or Westbrook's efficiency just skyrocketing. But Gobert does not really play well against this new-look Rockets team. I don't know what it is. So I think if you're a Rockets fan, you want to go the easier route, which is Utah. And plus, you've seen Utah two, two years in a row. You beat them in five each time. I think you would want to stick to Utah. Yeah, and and another thing there, you're you're right on about all of that. I think, and I agree with you. I think they actually they can take Denver as well. I think Denver would be a tougher series. I think it'd be six for Denver and five for Utah, especially with Bogdanovich. Uh, well, that's the for- big thing, right? Without Bogdanovich, I think it's it, it, it's a lot tougher for Utah. Yeah, and if they still have that those. They they say it's all right, but you still have that Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert kind of vibe. You got to figure that stuff out and things like that. What I also find, let me ask you this question because this is where it gets interesting. Right. In the current setup, if it was just the regular system setup, in the second round, they would play the Clippers. 
in the one through sixteen setup, if they were to get by the Jazz, they would play the Lakers or Brooklyn, most likely the Lakers. Oh wow. Who who do you what do you prefer in that setup? The Lakers, of course. The Lakers like if the Clippers showed you and if the Clippers showed you anything, it's that one, they're deep as hell. Two, they know how to stop Houston's small ball. And three, they're deep as hell. Like the game that they played in late March or the middle of March just showed you how dangerous that team can be when they're all clicking on all cylinders. And they were just they were starting to get, you know, the the legs under them as as the season was going along. So I think the Clippers are a bad matchup for the Rockets, especially if the Rockets want to play this, you know, less movement, you know, let James and Russ work and you guys hit threes. I don't think the Clippers will have any problem stopping that. But the Lakers is different because now the Lakers calling card is size. You know, Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, LeBron. That's size. Kyle Kuzma, if you weren't throwing him in there. Um, but the Rockets kind of forced them to play to their style. You know, the Clippers can already play that style. So that's that's a problem. The Lakers don't really have the small ball that they were they that they want to run, you know, for the majority of the game like the Rockets do. So if you can kind of take us out of the comfort zone, it's easier for them. And the Rockets have shown that they could uh, beat the Lakers, you know, in a, a very highly contested place like Staples Center. So I think if you're the Rockets, you want to go the Jazz-Lakers route as opposed to Denver-Clippers. That's going to be a hard as hell <laughs> you campaign going from Denver to Clippers. Oh, my God. But I also I, – here's the thing. I think they they would struggle against both the Lakers or, or the Clippers. I, I know – yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for, sure, for sure they would struggle, but I'm saying the easier path, which one you would want to choose. Is, yeah, is yeah I think I think that's the route you 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 take uh, in that sense. I think that's where it gets interesting in those regards, and I think it does kind of open up that road for uh, for the Rockets in that sense. That's you know sometimes it's more than just the first round matchup, but just thinking beyond that, like that's an easier trip to the finals for that team. Uh, you know, the other side of the bracket has both the Clippers and the Bucks, so you don't have to play either of those teams. So I think that's kind of the big thing for that. Now, of course, who knows if this is going to be the end result. We've heard things of, like, potential group stage like they do for the World Cup, all sorts of – there's still a lot to be worked out. But in just these, the scenario of these two, I think 1 through 16 favors the Rockets much, much more. Would you go to Orlando if you had the opportunity? Because that's another big thing. Because, you know, obviously, they have to send some TV people. They have to send some of the players' families. I mean, I I think they're going to limit the amount of media that gets to go. If I had the opportunity, I would go if I could. My bigger issue is my my situation at home isn't isn't so easy for me to be able to leave for the two months that that would require. So I think it would be interesting to go in the sense of like, I mean, God, I hope we never have a pandemic like this again. Right. <laughs> so, 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 so this Amen. literally hopefully is just a once in a lifetime thing that we're, is never going to happen again. So it might be interesting to go in that sense. But uh, my current situation probably wouldn't allow me to, to, to be gone for two months. But I wouldn't have any reservations about being in the bubble itself. Would you? Yeah, I think I would. I don't know why. It's, it's just... I don't know. I was reading. Everybody's Mark. different, man. I, I, Everybody's I was different. Reading, I was reading uh, Mark Stein's thing yesterday, and it's true. I, I still think the league is moving a bit too fast on this. I don't know. 
I mean, I saw the news that Disney World is reopening July 11th. But yeah, I would I would have some reservations just naturally. So I asked Keith Smith, who kind of of Yahoo Sports, who kind of broke broke all this stuff down. And mind you, he's he used to work at Disney for twenty years. And I asked him, I said, "What's the reservations about Disneyland opening up or Disney World? Excuse me, opening up while the NBA is supposed to be going on?" He said, "Man, he goes, it's so big, it's so massive that they they can they'll have no problem maintaining their bubble and keeping the." the guests, you know, the people who go to Disneyland completely separate. So, you know, there's no risk-free scenario. You know, the honest truth, Kelly, is we could be dealing with this for the next year. Everybody always says to me, like, they should scrap this and just focus on Christmas. I go, man, we don't know. Even scrapping this doesn't mean Christmas is is more viable. It's in the green. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, that's still still way up in the air. And then there's all that talk of, I mean, that's during the winter time and, and, and all these things and, and maybe a second wave and all like there's a whole bunch of other scenarios. I think just tackling what's at hand. The one thing I feel comfortable with, and I could be wrong, but I feel like Adam Silver wouldn't put these guys at risk if he didn't feel like this is this is a little bit of a, a, a low risk, not low risk, but not as dangerous as as it can be. What do you think about the uh, playoff or the play in possibilities? I saw. I hate it. New Orleans, we did it. Portland, San Antonio, and Sacramento, you know, all vying for a postseason spot. But the league is actually considering those uh, opportunities. So See, I, ha- I hate it, to I be honest. I think it's garbage. We've played 70 75% of the season. I get why. I get the, the this is unfair, but this is an unfair situation. I mean, you want the honest truth. It's going to be unfair for some teams that, you know, are going to, play a team that's getting a guy back from injury because, you know, they had this extended layoff and, and, and now he's healthy, whereas he probably wouldn't have been healthy had it been a normal season. So I think, you know, I think we're just letting these guys who didn't do their homework in advance get away with it now. Uh, I think that's it. Unless you got anything else, Kelly, you want to you wanna pop off about? Oh, I will not be removing the zip ties from my helmet. People ask me to remove that. It's staying on there. Get used to it. Don't ask him about no zip ties and helmets, folks, no more. Don't worry. I'll keep making fun of him for it. Don't worry. If you guys could only see the messages I send him on Instagram, uh, (laughs) you guys would understand. I'm staying on top of it about this. Man, big thank you to Justin Allen for joining us today to talk about James Harden's workout and, 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 and what it was like a little bit to work with James. As always, thank you, Kelly, for Sasha Shaw on the ones and twos. I'm Mo DeKeel. We out. 